This is the Hoove It or Lose It podcast, hosted by Pastor Andy Hoover. Well, how many of you are familiar with the game Shoots and Ladders? You've seen this game? You've played this game? How many of you have played the game Shoots and Ladders? You know what I'm talking about? The game actually originated as an ancient Indian game that was originally called <clears throat> Snakes and Ladders, was the original name uh, of this. Now, today we view this as a kid's game, right? Uh, even the outside of the box is uh, very kiddie-looking, and kids are sliding down chutes, and they're climbing ladders. It's, a, it's kind of a, a game of luck, right? Uh, you know, you roll the die, or in the case of the version that we have here, uh, you spin the little spinner, you just flick the little spinner, and it spins around, and you land on a number, and uh, then you move your little person, uh, and you land on a square. You might hit a ladder, uh, in which case you get to climb the ladder. Uh, you might hit the top of a chute or a slide, uh, in which case you slide down. It's all luck, right? You just flick the little spinner, or in some versions, you roll the die. Uh, now today, and in certainly uh, still today, but certainly in the original version, this was more than just a kid's game, right? This was more than just... Um, a pastime that, that they played and just got together and had fun with, uh, really today, and especially in the original version of Snakes and Ladders, it was really uh, about a lesson in morality. I don't know if you understand that about the game Shoots and Ladders or Snakes and Ladders, but it was really a lesson in morality. You see, uh, a ladder uh, would be something that would be equal to uh, something virtuous, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, or a snake, or in this case a shoot, uh, would be considered something that would be kind of a vice uh, that you have. And we're going to talk about that uh, in a minute. Uh, but a virtue would be something like uh, generosity. Uh, a virtue would be something like faith or humility or kindness. So you understand what I'm driving at. So, so when you would hit uh, a ladder, uh, it would be something virtuous uh, that you would do, and a vice would be like the opposite of that, right? So a vice is something like, you know, lust or anger or murder or theft. That escalated quickly, right? Uh, you know, like we were talking about, like, generosity, and now we're talking about murder. Uh, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like there was these virtuous uh, squares, and there were these non-virtuous or vice-like squares, and that equaled the ladders or, or the snake. So the idea of the original game, just to kind of give you some some, some history and some context on this. Uh, the idea of the original game was that if you hit enough ladders or virtuous squares, then you would have success. But if you came across these vices or these, um, uh, these snakes uh, in the original game or these bad things, then that could be your downfall, right? And so it was a lesson for parents to be able to teach their kids about how to be people of virtue and how to have good morals and what was good and what was bad. And a goal, of course, of this ancient Indian game, uh, I don't know that anybody plays shoots and ladders with this understanding now, uh, but the goal of the ancient Indian game was that if you had enough success and, and you could achieve enough virtuous things and land on the right virtuous squares, which would lead to ladders, uh, then you could ultimately achieve some sort of higher state, right, or some sort of higher being. Uh, in the case of our modern version of Shoots and Ladders, you want to get to the hundredth square. So fast forward, if you will, in your minds to 1943. That's a rewind for all of us, uh, but you understand what I'm driving at. So the original ancient Indian game was created, and then fast forward to 1943, the uh, board game company, Milton Bradley, 
uh, decided that they needed to come out with a new version of Snakes and Ladders uh, because snakes are scary to little kids, by and large. And so they decided to come up with a new game, and they called it Shoots and Ladders. But here's what's interesting. Even the modern game of Shoots and Ladders, even the one, and I was thinking about this, and I thought, I don't think so. And so I came in, and I got the game out of the closet, and I opened it up, and I took the board, the playing board, and you can look at it later. I took the playing board back to my office, and I sat down at my desk, and I began to realize, and I didn't realize this about Shoots and Ladders. And I was telling my wife about it, and she was like, well, yeah. Like, she knew that, and apparently a lot of people knew this, but I didn't know this. The, 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 even the new game of shoots and ladders communicates these same ideas. If you look closely at the squares on the shoots and ladder board, uh, you'll see uh, the spot at the bottom of a ladder where a little boy is mowing his lawn. Right? He's got a lawnmower, and he's mowing the lawn. And if you trace it up the ladder, you see that the little boy then... If, if, you, if you land on that square and you mow your lawn, then you get to climb the ladder. And at the top in that square, there's that same little boy gets to go to the circus. And, and so I started looking at this, and there's this one where this little girl is sweeping at the bottom of the ladder, this virtue. And if you go to the top of the ladder, she gets to go to the movies. The little boy's taking out trash and another one. And later, at the top of the ladder, he gets ice cream. And so I was just, my mind was blown about this. Like, I didn't really pay attention. Some of you are looking at me like, how did you not know that? But I really didn't know that about shoots and ladders. So I started researching it and realized that it originally came from the snakes and ladders, this ancient Indian game. But also, if you look at the shoots or the slides, you see that at the top of a slide is a little boy, and it's on this game here. There's this little boy who's pulling the tail of a cat. I have to, yeah, some of you were like, that sounds like my little brother. Um, I have to presume it's his cat. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure whose cat it is. But nevertheless, he's pulling the tail of a cat. And this is very interesting. If, if you land on that square, you're pulling the tail of a cat, which would be a vice, right? Like a bad thing. Uh, unless you don't like cats. Amen. Um, and then at the bottom of that slide, it's that same little boy on this game. It's the same little boy. And he's sitting there, and the cat's looking at him. And this is true. It's on the board. He's got a Band-Aid on his forehead. I guess signifying that if you pull the tail of a cat, the cat will scratch you, is I think what they're going for. So there's another one where this little boy is skating at the top of a chute. He's skating, and there's a sign that says, no skating. Looks like he's ice skating. And honest to goodness, this is the truth. At the bottom of that one, you, you fall down there because you, you participated in something that wasn't virtuous. You were ignoring the rules or breaking the rules. At the bottom of that, that same little boy is sitting, honest to goodness, he has now fallen through the ice. He doesn't drown or die or anything because I was like, this is going to get out of control. But like he's sitting there and his legs, like he's in up to his knees in the ice and he's kind of like melancholy because he just broke the ice and... Almost died, I guess. I don't know. So there's another one. This is the last one. There's another one where at the top of the chute, a little kid is, this is a bizarre one in my opinion. There's this little kid playing in the rain. Now, when I was a kid, does anybody play in the rain still? Did you do that when you were little? Okay, a lot of you did. When I was a kid, that was a big deal. Like you went out and you played in the rain. Okay, we didn't think about lightning or thunder or anything. I don't know why. It was probably a bad plan, but, um, but we went out and played in the rain. But in this, in this game... There's this little boy at the top of the chute. He's playing in the rain, 
And if you follow down to the bottom of the slide where if you land on that square, you have to go down that chute, he ends up sick. He's got like this little thermometer in his mouth and this little heat pack on his head, you know, kind of deal. Now listen, here's what I want us to understand tonight. There is certainly a case to be made in Scripture. There's certainly a case to be made in Scripture for you and I as Christ followers to pursue wisdom, right? Okay, and so, so some of you are looking at this and you're hearing this and you're thinking, okay, well, that sounds like we're called to just pursue wisdom. Like, don't be a dummy, you know? If the sign says don't skate, then don't skate. The little kid should have fallen in the ice, you know? And why would you pull the tail on a cat? That doesn't make any sense, okay? But so, so, so I want you to understand that the Scripture does make this case for us to pursue wisdom, right? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. I mean, do you understand that? Like, I know we don't deal in gold and silver today. Like, you know, you're not like the lunch lady and you're like, here's a gold bar, you know, or whatever. But like, like I want you to understand there's tremendous value in gold and silver, even today. And so what the scripture is saying is that if you pursue wisdom and insight, that's better than gold and silver. Like, the scripture is really clear that we should pursue wisdom. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, those who guard their lips, or guard their lips, preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly or quickly without thinking will come to ruin. So, really, so I want you to understand this. There's no doubt that as Christ followers, you and I are called to, to live lives that are marked by, by, by wisdom. We're called to speak with wisdom. Listen, you are called, young or old, male or female, you are called as a Christ follower to speak with wisdom. You're called to act with wisdom. You're called to, to treat others with wisdom. You're called to make choices with wisdom. But here's my fear. My fear is that some of us have strayed away from striving for biblical wisdom, and we've bought into this shoots and ladders philosophy of life. And it's this philosophy of life that says, hey, it's not really... Uh, it's not really about wisdom or right choices. It's just about doing good things. If I do good things in my life, that will equal a ladder. And if I do bad things in my life, that will equal a shoot. So as, as a result, we, we don't go out and try to live lives that are really pursuing godliness. We don't go out and live lives, you guys, that are really trying to pursue godly wisdom. Instead, we start searching for this next ladder that we're convinced is going to take us up the road. And, and so we walk around and we look for these, these ladders that are just going to take us up to what we believe in our heart and maybe in our mind and what the world tells us is what's going to get us further up the ladder of success. And, and then we spend the rest of our lives kind of trying to avoid what's obviously a slider, what's obviously a shoot. Because we perceive that if we step in that spot and we do that thing, that we're going to slide backwards. In our minds, we're going to go backwards. Here's my challenge to you as we, we're going to talk about this concept for the next several weeks. But here's my challenge to you as we begin to talk about this idea. How are you defining a ladder in your life? How are you defining a shoot in your life? In other words, when something happens in your life, do you know whether or not at that moment, when that event happens or that experience or that situation unfolds, at that moment, how do you decide and how do you identify, oh, this is a ladder? Or how do you identify, oh, this is a, this is a shoot? 
I mean, what is it that helps us decide that what just happened is good or what just happened is bad? I really want you to critically think about that for a moment tonight. How do you decide about what just happened? And really what we're talking about comes down to this, you guys. It comes down to us running every experience that we have in life. Whether you're in middle school, high school, adult, or whatever, every experience you have in life, it's about running all of those experiences, all of those opportunities through a filter, and we hold it up next to what? We hold it up to God's purposes for our lives. So everything we deal with in life, everything we come in contact with, every relationship, every obstacle, every experience, every situation, every environment that we find ourselves in, we hold it up to God's purpose for our life. We hold that thing up, and we hold it up to God's purposes for our lives. So I may run into what everyone else around me sees as a ladder, but if I hold that experience up to God's purposes for my life, I may step back and go, ooh, that's actually not a ladder. That's a chute, according to God's purposes for my life. Or, or, or I may, I may kind of experience something that my friends look at me and they lament and they apologize. Oh, you know, uh, you know, Jensen, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with that. And I'm really sorry that this happened in your life. And I'm sorry about this and I'm sorry about that. But, but, uh, you know, but in reality, if I step back and I hold that experience up to God's purposes for my life, what I'm really going through, what appears to be everyone, to everyone else is a shoot. Oh, I'm really sorry you have to deal with that. When I hold that up to God's purposes for my life, I step back and I go, oh, that's actually a ladder. In reality, this heartache that I'm experiencing, as an example, is for my good. And on the flip side, this wind that everyone else sees is awesome and it's clearly a ladder by the world's standards and this is clearly going to allow me to have some major success in my life. In reality, if I hold that up to God's purposes for my life, I begin to see that what everyone else perceives as a ladder is really a shoot and I'm on the long downward spiral if I'm looking at it from God's perspective. My fear is that so many of us have bought into this idea. We bought into that, this idea that whatever the world says and however the world defines success is success and however the world defines failure is failure. Listen, I want you to consider this just for a moment. Maybe, maybe you not making the team is a ladder. Maybe, maybe you not getting the part or the job is a ladder. Maybe you not getting into the school of your dreams is a ladder. Maybe you not getting the invite to this particular party or to hang out with this particular group of people, maybe, maybe that's a ladder. Maybe for you sitting alone at lunch is a ladder. I mean, see, I want you to understand that just because the world says that what you're dealing with should be a setback doesn't mean that in reality it's a setback. Because check this out. Sometimes a setback is a set up for God to do something in your life. And what the world perceives as a shoot, what the world perceives as this long spiral down by the world's standards, if you hold that thing up to God's experiences and God's purposes for your life, because listen, that's the number one goal. It's God's purposes for your life. If you're a Christ follower, that's what you should be pursuing. 
And so when you hold whatever experiences you have up, you realize that suddenly what appears to be this downward slide is really a ladder. And really God's got me going somewhere. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Listen, if you're a Christ follower, this is what the scripture says, if you're a Christ follower, <coughs> then you are no longer who you once were. That's what it says in the Bible. Are you familiar with that passage? It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So if you're now a new creation, just let me ask this question. I want you to consider this for a moment. As I land the plane on this idea, I want you to consider this for a moment. If you're now a new creation, and the new has come and the old has gone, why are you continuing to take your cues from people who are still their old selves? Do you understand what I'm driving at? We're taking our cues from people that make no claim to follow Christ. We're taking our cues on what success is and what failure is from people that have no affiliation with Jesus Christ. They have no desire to track down and, and to pursue with a passion God's purposes for their lives. And if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, then you have new purposes. If you're a new person in Jesus, then what the world defines as a ladder may indeed for you be a chute. And if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, then what the world defines as a chute may indeed be a ladder. If you're a Christ follower, then you don't define things the way that everybody else defines things. Listen to that. That's important. If you're a Christ follower, then you are not to define things the way that everyone else defines things. This goes not just with the area we're talking about tonight, but think about this in lots of areas. What about purity? The world describes purity as this. But we know, according to God's word, that purity is this. The world defines honesty as this, but we know that according to God's words and God's purposes for our lives, that honesty really looks like this. That's why people in the world define honesty as like, well, as long as it's not like a really big lie. What do they call it? They call it a... A white lie. There's no such thing as a white lie. Why? Because a lie is a lie. Do you understand? They're defining honesty as this, but according to God's purposes, honesty is this. And if you're a Christ follower, and I'm a Christ follower, then our lives ought to be reflecting the difference in that definition. Things like integrity, things like success, things like failure, the world defines them this way, but as Christ followers, because we're new creations, we define things differently. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look more closely at this idea of, of shoots and ladders of life. But before we move down that road, I just felt like it was necessary for us to begin our time together by clearly defining what success is and what failure is, not according to everybody else's standards. But it was clear and it was important for us to be clear about what success is and what failure is according to God's purposes for our lives. Because listen, if we don't start with that foundation, the rest of the next couple of weeks when we're talking about shoots and ladders aren't going to make any sense to you. Because you're going to be like, well, that doesn't make any sense because that's clearly a shooter. That's clearly a ladder. And when you're talking about this, that's clearly bad. No, it could clearly be good if you're holding it up to God's purposes. So as we move into our connect groups tonight, your leaders have some questions. And they're questions like this. What have you always assumed in your life was a shoot that might be a ladder? 
What have you always assumed in your life was a ladder, something that was going to lead to success no matter what, because that's what the world says, then you're on the bottom rung, baby, and you're climbing. What are you now considering could possibly be a shoot instead? And this is a good one. Who, who is it that you find yourself taking your cues from on what success and failure looks like? Let me promise you this. If you're not taking your cues from your relationship and your identity in Christ Jesus, then you are going to be struggling. You're going to be struggling because here's the deal, you guys. The world's definition of success and failure is always changing. But God's doesn't. Thanks for listening to the Hoove It or Lose It podcast. For more information or resources, visit www.hooveitorloseit.com or on Facebook at Hoove It or Lose It.